Hey, what's up? You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show podcast. Thanks for checking it out and make sure you subscribed. The, the, the universe is a cruel, uncaring void. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. The key to being happy isn't to search for meaning, it's to just keep yourself busy with unimportant nonsense. On 93 WIPC. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Abdul Akeem Shabazz wears many hats. He's an attorney. He's a journalist. He writes for IndiePolitics.org and WIBC.com. He's got his own show called Abdul at Large. Abdul, how are you? Huh. Not bad. Just uh, it's fifty days until election election day. So now my busy season is about yeah. to is about to begin. So yay, party in a bottle. I never knew a black man could be so happy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to some election stuff uh, coming up here in just a moment. But the big story yesterday was this injunction on the Indiana abortion law came from a judge down in Monroe County. Uh, your thoughts on this? Um, I read the judge's opinion because I'm, I'm working on a piece for my blog post next week. And I was not surprised at the judge's at the judge's logic and ruling uh, because, number one, it was like an activist liberal judge or anything like that. This is a judge from Owen County, number one. Uh, so naturally, Republican judge, south of I-70, uh, was, was going to be nominated to be, to be on the Court of Appeals. So it's not like some liberal activist, whatever. So people saying, well, this is once again a judge example of making law, not interpreting law. Like, no, not really. And what the judge said, uh, while they're in a nutshell, while there is, while, while the Indiana Constitution, and, this, and remember, this is based on the Indiana Constitution, not the U.S. Constitution. So that's make sure we're all clear on that. What the judge said was that in the Indiana Constitution, there is an inherent right to privacy. And there was one line in there that I thought really sort of summed it up. Uh, the judge cited a case saying that uh, Hoosiers have a right to bodily autonomy. And so that's where she put out put in the preliminary injunction. Now, something to keep in mind is to, to get a preliminary injunction, you got to have a chance of winning, and actually a really good chance of winning. Otherwise, it gets tossed out and so i'm thinking so i'm thinking that is the that is the, the other part of the story here is that indiana's uh, anti-abortion law actually has a good shot of being tossed because of because of the, the right to privacy now obviously they had to go to the court of appeals supreme court and the, and the whole nine yards right ultimately in indiana's constitution abdul and again you're a constitutional lawyer um where are you at with this like if you were the judge and this was brought forth to you what would be your logic here uh, my logic would be pretty much the same thing, but just because the Const- just because a constitution does not expressly say you have a right, that does not mean you don't have the right. And that's what I always tell people with the right to, with the right to privacy is it's not going to say you have a, Jason Hammer, you have a right to privacy, so go do whatever you want. No, we we look at case law, we look at the history, we look at the text, we look at all that, and then put it all put it all together. So does it feel like the judge here? And I don't want to say lazy. Maybe that's not the right word. Uh, but kick the can down the road for another court, a higher court, to say, you know what? Uh, this is the way that I view it. You guys might view it differently. And I'm washing my hands of this. It's yours. Uh, no, because the judge still has to do a final a final ruling. So I don't think the judge kicked the can down the kicked the can down the road at but all. But this could go to a higher court. Though. Oh yeah, yeah. Obviously, uh, if either side lost, they're going to do do an appeal. Uh, but one thing, but the other thing I thought was interesting too, was from a political perspective, is here you have a law that the pro-life people didn't want, the pro-choice people didn't want. Lawmakers passed anyway, having to twist arms. Nobody liked it. Nobody wanted it. And then it ends up going to court and ends up getting thrown out. So at the end of the day, what was all that for? I guess I just the question that I have, and maybe this is just the simpleton in me thinking here, if the Indiana law is to where your lawmakers, your elected officials make the decisions on things like this, if it's a state's right issue and your lawmakers make the ruling, 
what's the what's the big deal? The Constitution. The Constitution supersedes all state so, laws. So there is no element of this judge being like, well, a lot of people don't like this law, so I'm ruling nope. against it. Are you sure? Nope, like, I'm pretty I mean, sure. It, which you just said nobody liked the law, so it's like this well, judge. It's, well, no, it's, no, just from just from a political perspective, nobody liked it. Nobody really wanted it. They had to twist arms to pass something, and it caused a bunch of political consternation. Then the law ended up getting put on hold through a preliminary injunction. So we're back to square one. So I have to ask the question: What was the point of doing all this to, to begin with? I know, I, like, in Lindsey Graham on a, a, a bigger picture here nationwide wants that 15-week um, uh, abortion ban, and uh, and he wants to codify that in federal law. But I thought, I'm just so confused sometimes, like, with the GOP, is like because it was a state's right to issue to begin with, and now you're telling me, wait, you're going to make it uh, uh, federal law again? Well, consistency in politics, old friend, is <laughs> good luck with that one. Uh, I think Stevie Wendell see consistency in politics before we do. So. <laughs> Abdul Hakim Shabal's with us. So let's get into uh, midterms, specifically here in Indiana and Marion County. You were at that prosecutor's forum the other night, uh, the North Shadeland Alliance. Ryan Mears, Cindy Carrasco. It wasn't a debate. It was kind of a town hall-like setting. Uh, we talked a little bit about it the other day, but I want to get your perspective on what you heard that night. What I thought, uh, both Cindy and Ryan, who I know both very well and both are good friends of mine, I thought they were talking to two different audiences. After having sat through the whole thing for about, for about an hour and a half, with uh, Cindy was uh, her focus on crime and accountability and how the how, how the prosecutor's office has been dropping the job. Mears basically said, look, we, we are doing our job. You know, we are Our conviction rates are the highest that they've, that they've ever been. Uh, we're doing our part to, to we got 2.8 million more dollars to, to hire more prosecutors and, and raise salaries so i thought they were talking to two two different audiences and i also think where you sit basically depends on where you stood right uh, because whenever you know cindy talked about you know uh, the you know going after the bad guys she got lots of applause when mirror said hey i'm not going to put a woman or a doctor in jail for exercising reproductive health rights she got big applause on that right it's become political okay. crime yeah, but, and punishments uh, become political yeah, but, here. But, but, but crime and punishment has always been political what it but should who's be like paying attention murderer, to uh, though you shouldn't be given a sweetheart deal though abdul that should be a republican democrat coming together for that yes but once again but but crime itself has always been a crime itself has always been a political issue because laws are political because the laws are made by politicians and I guess the the fact that Ryan Mears is wanting applause for for not putting abortion doctors in jail or women in jail for crossing state lines. I mean, I, I just don't think that's a big issue for maybe for Democrats going into the midterms. It is, but polling certainly shows that Republicans are worried about economics and, and crime. But you got to remember, though, like I said, they were talking to two different audiences. That's sure, what I thought they were sure. talking to their bases. Yep. City was talking to a Republican base. Mears was talking to his Democratic base. And I went back and I watched the entire stream of that because, again, they didn't allow cameras in there for this event, but they streamed it and they posted it shortly afterwards. The things that Ryan Mears talked about, I just wonder, like, you could easily look at that and say, okay, but here's where I differ. Because he talked about his conviction rate. Well, how many cases are you doing? Because you look at that backlog that they've got in Marion County, and it's pretty substantial. The thing Cindy was talking about was like, listen, I'm not in the office yet, but if I were, here's what I would want to do. Ryan Mears was talking about the things he's not going to prosecute, and then the <laughs> things that he did talk about, you could say, yeah, but... Once again, they're talking to their respective bases. Well, why does he talk to a base that he he needs more votes? Why doesn't he speak well, we, out to Republicans we, and we, say, here, we, wait, we, wait, wait, guys, you guys got this wrong? Because Mears is already ahead. Because we got to remember, Marion County, Democrats beat Republicans like 60-40 in, in Marion County. Because Marion County is a very blue, very blue county. And what about funding? 
Uh, funny well, story. Like campaign raising, like you know, like uh, campaign uh, donations and stuff. I have to go back and double check. I thought Cindy did better in the first quarter, but we're sort of halfway through the year, and I want to say the next round of uh, local stuff doesn't come up for another couple of weeks and some change. So then I have to go back and double check. So just from the feel that you got from being there, uh, what's a debate going to look like with these two? Um, I think I think I, I think a debate will be a lot more. Uh, I think Cindy will be a lot more on the tack because Mears is ahead polling-wise. By the way, we're going to do some more polling. We start actually Monday, and so we should have some results not uh, next week but the following week. So when I come back, you guys, around the 6th or the 7th, we'll be able to talk about uh, what the polling results say. Uh, Mears was ahead the last time we polled, so Mears has nothing to lose technically yet. So Cindy's got to go on the attack, and she's got to you know really hit the commercials in the whole nine yards. How did Cindy come off in that event? Because, again, Ryan Mears, albeit unelected, He's kind of a politician. Like, I think, honestly, he wants to run for mayor one day. Like, this is kind of his wheelhouse. For Cindy Carrasco, who's an attorney, I don't necessarily know if this political thing was her comfort zone at first. How did she come off? Uh, I thought Cindy did a very good job being very passionate. Uh, because that's one thing I always kind of because the one thing about being an attorney, they, they tell you to, to kind of moderate your passion a little bit. And so that sort of thing. But I thought Cindy was very passionate, very direct, and very straightforward. And I could tell when she sort of mentioned her daughter uh, a couple of times who was in the audience with her with her husband, you know, we need to make, you know, make the city safe for our kids, like, you know, your kids, your kids, my kids, that sort of thing. So I thought from that perspective, uh, Cindy did really well. You got a show this weekend? Uh, yes, we have an abbreviated show because we have IU football at 2.30 uh, in the afternoon. Uh, so we actually will be playing parts of the debate uh, online. And also we're going to talk about uh, legalized uh, marijuana uh, with our good friend, with a good friend of mine, uh, Andy Bowman. Abdul, thank you. Hey, thank you. Coming up next, we're going to get the coach in here, Dan Dockich. We're going to find out what he thinks about the Indianapolis Colts. We haven't had a chance to pick the coach's brain about that. Uh, he's coming in next. He's fired up. Right now, we got to look at the news. Be sure to catch us every weekday, 3 to 7 on 93 WIBC, or subscribe and get it right to your phone.